0: beginner artists are feeling like what's the point but I would really like to point out that that feeling of what's the point has existed before AI. I'm just saying there's a
1: big difference to me when I view something that has time connection and story versus something that was regurgitated. Welcome to
0: Not A Real Artist, a podcast by me Tamara Sagadevan and me Iris Fritchie-Cousins discussing relatable creative topics with honesty and humour
1: In today's episode, we explore artificial intelligence and what it means for art. Artificial intelligence. Unless you've been under a rock, you've probably seen the new trend in art, which is using artificial intelligence to make
0: art. I like how you paused before using artificial intelligence to make art art, which I feel like already portrays your opinion, except I don't know your opinion. So like, I'm obviously just like assuming here. Before we get into our opinions, let's do a quick explanation of of like, what is AI in terms of art and what we're talking about?
1: My understanding of AI art is you have a program that's usually hosted on a cloud or on the internet. You can have it on your computer and you enter strings of text. So words and that generates a piece of art for you based on what you entered, it will give you a few options and you can choose the one that matches your words or sparks your imagination the most and then you can refine that image.
0: Yes, and I think it's important also to distinguish between how is this different from a search engine let's say I put in the string of words apple and pear if I did that in a search engine it would just give me existing images but what artificial intelligence does it is actually creates something based on what you input so if you input apple and pear once and then you do it again five minutes later or one minute later it will give you a different image because it will have created it
1: yeah it shouldn't be anything that- exists already on mm-hmm. any search engine. Now, that is the definition of AI arts. But I already, if I was listening to this, I would want additional information. And that is, well, how is it getting the idea to create an apple and pair? It must get it from somewhere. And how that happens is a lot of images are taken and it's used to train the AI. So the AI learns this is pair. This Mm -hmm. is pear or this is green pear. This is red pear. And it uses that to then create those images that you ask for.
0: But I think we've got an understanding now of what it is. And so my question automatically
1: is like "Use what it is. Well, where is that data coming from? Mm. And now this is going to go deep into the other way before I even ask for your opinion. So I'm at a crossroads here and I'd rather talk to you than just talk to myself. So do you have any initial feeling maybe when I say
0: AI art? I'm gonna answer a different question than the, one <laughs> than the one you asked. When you start talking about like what is fed into the AI brain, as it were, it immediately makes me think of what a friend of mine said recently, or what a friend of mine observed. So I can't, you know, I can't take credit for this. My friend observed that the default when you ask for person or face or whatever is a white face. So if you ask for a face, it will be a white face. If you want to specify the race or background, then you need to put in a word. To me, that's already like a problem. I mean, this is secondhand knowledge. Obviously, this is something somebody else told me, but I was like, okay, so the data that you get out is only as good as the data that you put in. You know, it's it's intelligent, But it isn't like independently intelligent. And I'm putting quotation marks every time with my fingers, every time I say the word intelligent. It's, you know, a software system is only, you know, it has the biases of the people who create the system.
1: There's a whole lot of different models. And the diffusion one, that one, I think, caters more for taking those things out. Because what's happening is there's a lot of problems with also pornographic. You just put in woman and body and a pornographic image appears.
0: Oh, that's funny because when I was playing with it and I put in female face and it wouldn't do it because it said it wouldn't, doesn't do not safe for work content. And I'm like, how is a female face not safe for work? But it's obviously like certain words will trigger uh, certain types of images.
1: It actually gives you that warning on some of their like frequently asked questions questions. I think that what you say is definitely a problem. We're feeding it a lot of images that already exist that have been based on what the majority wants. And uh, historically, majority sometimes is built or very often is built from uh, systems of oppression and people that benefit from it. I just, I don't want to sound angry in this episode, but (laughs) (laughs) what irks me more is Where the fuck is the data coming from? And it's coming from the internet and it's coming indiscriminately whether it is copyrighted or not. And that to me is a problem because it is therefore an unethically sourced amount of data. The whole database is unethically sourced and this is factual. If Iris, you put your image there, you've worked 10 years getting your art style or whatever and you've copyrighted it, it doesn't matter. It will go into the database and... The way that these organizations are working is they don't have to take... So normally, if if I tell you I did something and it was copyrighted, I put some music up on YouTube, they gave me three strikes, I'm gone. Music is protected by copyrights, but the same kind of... I want to say
0: respect, is not being paid to visual artists. Isn't that the same as, okay, I'm a person. I'm not an artificially intelligent being. <laughs> I am just a person. And I go around and I take things in. I go and uh, look at your art, Tamara, and I go and look at somebody else's art. And I might go to the museum and I might be lucky enough to see a Monet or like a Van Gogh. I pronounce it that way because I'm Dutch. Don't try this at home, folks. <laughs> um <laughs> And based on those visual inputs, I get to make art. So I could say, oh, I'm going to make something, you know, I'm going to, I could do a study, but also I could do something like I'm going to be inspired by uh, or do something in the style of Monet and like that would be perfectly valid because it's valid for me to take those things into my brain and then to output something, whether you want to call it derivative or not, doesn't really matter. But as long as I'm not copying it, I'm allowed to have those inputs. So why is AI not allowed to have those real world inputs that are copyrighted?
1: Because as much as we're saying intelligence in quotation marks, it is intelligence and it is superior to ours. And when you're taking inspiration, you're not copying. You're taking inspiration. You're taking little bits and bobs and you're making mistakes. And the day that you're angry and you paint, your hand is going to be shaky. There is going to be a difference. AI is not, in my opinion, taking inspiration. It is taking bits and pieces and it can replicate it perfectly. The way you draw your eye I can be inspired by it, but I can't replicate it perfectly. Even if I trace, I can't. AI is intelligence and it can do it perfectly. It can make a million
0: iris eyes. But it's making—it's not making an emotional decision.
1: Well, the subject is so complex. And I think maybe that's what's kind of making me nervous to talk about it. Because we could spend, I think, a lot of hours talking about computer kind of components of it. But now if you're talking about the emotion of it, I do believe that if you create art with AI, that it's valid. We're human beings. We have used tools to express ourselves since the beginning of time. The way you make your bed is art. I believe that. So if somebody says, I've made, and I've seen this on one of the art groups, my brother made this art because my mom passed from cancer and he found comfort in this. And I Mm. looked at that piece and I felt something and I thought, wow. This is art and it tugs at my emotions. But it's because I knew the story. And if I didn't know the story, I don't know if I would have been so shocked or or not shocked, touched. If I looked at it without the story, I would have thought, oh, that's a really cool painting of a skull with roses. So I think this whole emotional component here is very complex because if I'm a differently abled person and I can't make art, And I use AI to make art. Does it mean that it has no value? I just feel that, yes, it can be a tool for differently abled people, but like that's not the primary purpose of the software.
0: I think it makes me think about purpose of art, because to me, as an artist, the purpose of art is hardly ever the thing it ends up being. It isn't that you've clicked a button or you've done something and then here is the result. To me, the actual everything that comes before the result is there is the most valuable its like 90% the most valuable thing that I do because my art is very intuitive. It's very much about process. It's very much about self-development, self-discovery. So it's the actual physical act of doing it and being engaged with it that has the value to me. And yes, sure, I like to create art that I feel expresses what I'm trying to express and that looks visually interesting to me. But that's not the primary purpose. That is just the kind of the bonus side effect or, or like the added cherry on top kind of thing. So for me, like the, maybe that's why I don't feel particularly threatened by AI art, even if somebody could press a button and create a painting that looks exactly like as if I did it, it's. Well, I didn't do it and the value is in me doing it for me. But I I know that I'm talking very personally now and I do know that there are probably quite a lot of artists out there who do paint or draw or illustrate for a certain purpose and for it to look a certain way or to communicate a certain something. And then in that way, it, it is more complex. I mean, you know, I just casually said like, oh, you know, to me it wouldn't matter if like I could press a button and it would look like my art. But actually, maybe it would. Maybe that would feel kind of complicated. And also, if I pressed the button and it looked better than what I could do, what happens then?
1: I made my eyes really big because I've tried my Journey and I put in Skull, Clown, something, something. I'm sure if you search, you can find my username on there. And if I was a new artist, and here's the, the thing... There's so many things I want to touch on on what you said. Maybe let's backtrack first. To me, art is also about the process. Art is about the process, the story I'm telling, the connection, 150%. But I think when you're a new artist, and maybe I can link these two points together, that is not 100% the, the point of you doing art. Because when I was a new artist, I just wanted stuff to look nice because that motivates you. And I've seen lots of feedback that, well... Like, what's the point when something makes something so beautiful? Because for many people, it definitely is about the end result. And again, I'm not here to say that process is the ultimate thing that you should. Maybe their process is actually having the finished thing looking the way they want, like you said. I think what bothers me is that I feel a lot of, from what I've seen, young artists feel like, shit, I'm not going to try and they aren't and they're never going to discover the joy that they would have eventually found in the process. I just feel a lot of sadness, I think, for, for artists in the digital space. <laughs> and I'm not a Luddite. I, I love Tik. <laughs> yeah,
0: me too. At the same time, it's like, why would you go to art school? You go to art school not to become an automaton. It's a process. We've made art forever, right? We have found ways of expressing ourselves for a very long time, put uh, like handprints on cave walls type of thing. And that comes from wanting to express. That comes from wanting to leave a mark. Other more intelligent people than me would probably be able to say a lot more about it. But that desire does not go away in the same way that my desire to make art doesn't go away just because my neighbor has been to art school and is technically better than me. I think at the end of the day, it always comes down to someone's personal expression. Like, do you want to paint butts? That's the significance about that is the fact that you want to do that that's what creates the motivation, you know, and then you could use AI in order to achieve that, or you could use your acrylics, or you could use your digital art, but it's the desire to kind of express something and create something. And in a way, like, I really sympathize with what you're saying about, like, how beginner artists are feeling, like, what's the point? But I would really like to point out that that feeling of what's the point has existed before AI. That is the feeling that you will go and chase and find places where it fits because you will find someone who'd painted that flower or that nose in a more perfect way or in exactly the way that you would have liked to have done it. So you will find the evidence for your feeling of what's the point, if that's where you want to sit with your feelings, I guess, rather than like, okay, I wanna express this. I wanna learn this skill. Yeah. No that's
1: that's a very good point Iris and I I take that point and I agree with it but I also would like to say that I think you and I are older people than the current generation and my view of the current generation doesn't mean that it's correct but I feel that we've taught people or we we ourselves we want convenience And some of the taglines I've been seeing is don't spend hours animating a video, just click a button and it's animated. And I think that's the thing, like it's easy for us to work towards a skill or not be despondent and it has existed for time, but we have not lived in a time like this. And I feel like it's unprecedented, the quickness, the speed, the volume
0: of things that can be done. So it leads to the question of how do you set yourself apart? So when you're taking away the personal reason for doing things, your personal reason for striving, you're saying like, if you take that out of it, then, you know, how do you set yourself apart? How like because this this obviously influences whether people do certain things that in the past would have had value and then all of a sudden might not have value anymore because a machine can do it better. Also, might I point out a thing that has been a problem over the course of like hundreds of years, you know, I guess industrial revolution time uh, and not just artificial intelligence.
1: I don't have a, a solution here. Like if somebody was a new artist and that's what I've been doing, I've just been saying stick it through. Don't be despondent. Stick it through. Do it. You're going to find something in the process. I really believe in that. And that's the only thing I could possibly tell to somebody. But I can also understand that because I'm deep into art now, it's harder for me to get demotivated and to feel like this could possibly be a waste of time. Maybe the solution is to go into more traditional arts. But what I'm seeing based on what these things are creating and the fears that people are having is that community is exceptionally important. Now, you and I, this whole AI thing, I don't think it's really going to be an issue for us because our audience and our community is totally different from all the digital artists, the people that are designing for games and all all the like.
0: Illustrators, because that's that's what I keep thinking. I keep thinking, okay, it doesn't so much affect people who are expressing because they want to express, but, but because they want to express. When yeah. somebody's
1: in your community, it's because they want to paint and they want to yes, work through their exactly.
0: Shifts. But somebody who is who who needs to create something for a client, you know, or the client themselves are maybe going to go like, well, I'll just stick this phrase into an AI rather than hiring this freelance illustrator. And I, I definitely think that's a problem. My
1: takeaway from the actual creator, I can't quote it verbatim, but it was kind of like artists are a tool and this is going to take away the slog work basically from artists. That was his whole thing. And I thought, my God, this is the problem in my eyes that this is not art. It's a product. And like everything, I will always bring everything back to capitalism and all the isms and schisms. But artists are a tool and art is the product. And it's this capitalist and like clinical view and to me it's like no art is something people enjoy doing
0: yeah and also art is inherently anti-capitalist even if you're earning money with it Uh, and art is usually also inherently anti-establishment so yeah like Fuck that opinion. Artist, the artist is the, art is the tool. Like. Well,
1: I just thought this guy is extremely out of touch with artists, and it's also because I'm I'm on Reddit, <laughs> and I just saw a, a huge. It was a lack of empathy. That's the mm. only thing I can class it as. And I say this because it's kind of like creatives and others. Uh, my partner said I, I have this problem where I believe that every that progress should always be positive. And to me, progress is positive, but to him, it isn't. Mm -hmm. And I get that. Like, nuclear bomb, to me, was not progress. But to him, it was because of all the other things. Not that he advocates for nuclear bombing, please. Mm -hmm. But it's just this kind of difference in in opinion and views. So I also want to say, you know, this clickbait and like, getting scared of things. I don't want to be a part of that voice and that narrative in terms of like, AI is killing artists. No, that's mm. not what I'm saying. I don't want to be that that seed of fucking fear. But I also want people to be aware that these people have millions, billion, because some of these companies have now gone for billion dollar evaluations. They have money to spend on people who are vastly better than us at articulating messages of why this is the best thing since sliced bread. And also they have the mess to make sure that you see it. So just be aware of what you consume when people are telling you AI is bad or AI is good. Like that's mm. not also the point of this podcast. It's just to share my opinion and my feelings.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think that's a good point. It's like it's it's a more overarching point of checking where does a message come from? Uh, what are the vested interests in, you know, is this the milk marketing board talking to you about milk? Or is this Tamara Sagadevan Um Sorry, tell, <laughs> telling you about, you know, the cow juice or whatever. How do you feel that AI art is fun and good and exciting? Like, and yeah, tell me about that.
1: I don't know if I've gone too deep <laughs> over the past few weeks because I can see like you sometimes looking at me like, girl, put that tinfoil hat on. <laughs> In the beginning, I felt that, oh my, this is amazing. I don't have to. Find images that are copyright free because I really respect other artists because I know how hard it is to create my own art. I know how much goes into it. I thought, oh, wow, this is amazing. It's not shitting on anyone's art, it's not stealing an idea. It is just creating something. But I don't feel that way anymore, especially when I understand that all the information it's eating is copyrighted information. I think if it wasn't copyrighted, I would be able to use this tool with a lot of joy. So you feel conflicted. If it was built ethically, I would go and make myself a million references. That's what I would do. And I would feel so much more comfortable and I would use those. And remember, I don't paint exactly to the reference. It would take me on my own pathway or even if I did, whatever. So that's a positive for me if it was made ethically. And it's not.
0: (laughs) Okay, Uh, what's a positive for you? I love that it exists. I love that about certain kind of like technological invention and pushing things forward and stuff like that. I am so impressed and also entertained sometimes with like the three-legged people and that kind of stuff. I'm I'm a bit of a sci-fi kind of uh, geek and stuff. I love I love Star Trek uh, from a young age. So I love stuff like where things come out and exist where you kind of feel like well that's something that somebody thought up that you never thought could be real so i love that about it just like from a conceptual point of view from a practical point of view i don't know if i love it that much i i've had a play with it i was surprised and interested i got some interesting results i got some complete duds i had a kind of an inkling of a thought where i thought oh i could use this um you know i found that image inspiring maybe maybe i'll Save that one and look at it. But then the, the, my next thought was, well, I could just go and look at the art on Instagram from other people that I find inspiring and get inspired that way. But there is, I guess, the slight difference, although you've complicated this with your point of like whether it's ethical or not, of, uh, you know, generating images using AI in order to be more independently inspired. Because I do know that some people want to stay very kind of close to their own process and don't really want to take on too much input from other artists because they don't want to be influenced or subconsciously copy things and really for their kind of creativity to come from within themselves I mean nobody's nobody's an island nobody's a vacuum um I mean not nobody's a vacuum I mean like nobody exists in a vacuum (laughs) yeah we're all just like vacuums eating (laughs) everything around us anyway to be honest, I, apart from having a little play with it and and having some fun with it, I don't see myself uh, using it as a tool. I'm just not that interested, I guess. You know, I think that when it comes to new things, people tend to have strong opinions. Yeah. They're like either like, oh, they hate it or they love it. And I'm kind of, I'm kind of indifferent to be Perfectly honest, I can kind of let it exist outside myself and just not really think about it on a day to day basis. I
1: also marvel at it. It's, I think, it's proof of how far is humanity. Like we want to push ourselves and we want to go. I really do marvel at it, and I think this is why people also want it. It's the novelty of something at first, right? Look at this. I, I actually did that, and I was like, "Look at this! I made this with AI." Personally, for my own art practice and for my own community, I'm indifferent. But when I view myself as a collective, that a digital artist is my brother or sister and that we're in this together, then I don't feel so indifferent. I feel, again, like I said, I feel sad that I also feel they weren't given enough warning. They weren't given enough, they weren't given a fair chance because Mm -hmm. this is going to take jobs. It is going to do those things. And now I sound, it's going to take out jobs, this AI immigrant. (laughs) But I just feel it, it was done, you know, this don't ask for permission, ask for forgiveness. I think this is the this very like hustle culture kind of value. This is how it was done with, with AI. And I think that's why I don't feel indifferent when I view them and those people. You said you would go on Instagram and you would check the sheer volume and rates, like the numbers are on AI's side, in my opinion. Iris, you're going to be looking at AI arts and not actual artists who have put time into their craft or whatever. And I'm not saying, again, that AI art isn't art. I'm just saying there's a big difference to me when I view something that has time, connection and story versus something that was regurgitated. And I think eventually the numbers are going to be on their side where you're not going to know what you're looking at. And uh, you're going to be just seeing that as reference anyway. That's my
0: uh, wow. That's dark, and <laughs> and then we'll have so to implore. like we'll have to like look into the pupils and not know well, whether
1: it would be nice if they gave an option to like maybe filter out AI art or when you do your when you post online to opt in or opt out of actually using that to feed any machine for training. That would be cool. Yeah, I don't know if you can't draw and you don't want to learn. You want to express yourself and you want to use AI, like it's not a bad thing.
0: I think that's cool. So I think that we're coming to the conclusion that we don't have a balanced view. We don't have a positive view. We're leaning slightly towards the kind of negative
1: Well, tinfoil tomorrow is, I don't know about, what can I say with the I?
0: Not optimistic, that starts with an O. Indifferent Iris. Indifferent Iris. Yes, tinfoil tomorrow (laughs) and indifferent Iris, that worked out really well. Um, But what I would say for those of you who are listening and who haven't had a play with AI yet, to just go and have a play, have a go at it. We also welcome your opinions, but don't feel like you have to have some kind of well-thought-out argument and opinion. You can just, you know, like have a, have a go, have a play, have some fun, you know, see how it works for you. As
1: a parting note, yes, I much prefer the cutting board that's been hand-carved by the man that I know in the Christmas markets versus something that's been Chopped by the machine.
0: Yeah, it's the, it's like the difference between IKEA art and. Um well, I know an artist
1: who is amazing who has been accepted by IKEA, and I, I think that's good because that is is a little bit different. It's kind of like people who maybe can't afford to buy the. the uh a print from the artist can get it maybe cheaper from Ikea. Yeah, absolutely. That's and it
0: looks good. Like it makes yeah. your house look good as always. It's just about choice, isn't it? It's about choice and it's about freedom. It's about choosing to be in a system or not. And the scary part of it is when the choice is taken away. And that's what you were alluding to when you were saying like Iris, when you go on Instagram in a, in a few whatever years, maybe, you won't know whether you're looking at AI art. And I think that's, that's more of the problem than it is, you know, whatever your choices are. It's about when you don't have a choice.
1: And I think my advice is also build your community. Because again, I don't think I'm unique. I want to know who I'm buying from, viewing. I, I want that connection. AI mm. making art about a miscarriage will mean fuck all to me. Yes. So that's kind of my just my only takeaway. Go play with it and build community. And uh, how do you know that I'm not AI?
0: Uh, we will never know. We will not know. Absolutely. You have been programmed. That's very impressive i'm glad to know you that's like you're a very impressive
1: robot um, thank you,
0: robot. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so thank you everyone for listening um i hope that gave you some food for thought i just want to ask you if you would like to ask us any questions not just about this episode but about anything uh do you have a, a burning question like a overall question like why are we on the planet making art i don't know don't don't ask me that question or something personal that you would like help with like iris tamara can you help me i've got this problem or this issue or this struggle and you know you can we can be your favorite agony aunt that's the word right um so yeah ask us your questions you can email us on not a real artist podcast at gmail.com and we will both read your Email gleefully, and um, we might answer your question in a future episode. Right? What else would you like to say, Tamara? Goodbye.
1: <laughs> one uh, zero
0: one one zero one. No, one. it's uh, nano nano. <laughs> that's, that's from Morka Mindy. <laughs> and here are the key takeaways.
1: One. Since the beginning of time, humans have wanted to express themselves via art and with the use of tools. AI generators are a tool. 2. If we look at this tool in isolation, it is a potentially exciting development for those who are differently abled and may only have tech available to create. It is also valuable for those who want to keep their art practices more independent of other artists. 3. If we remove that isolation we can see that AI models have been trained unethically without consent from artists or compensation to artists. 4. AI models are only as good as the data it has been trained on. That data consists of all the current issues we have in our society, racial bias, patriarchal values, and sexualization of women. 5. While seeing such beautiful images being generated by the click of a button can be disheartening, we say you will always find something to dishearten you in your art practice. The value of art lies in the process of doing art and not just the end result. 6. Ways to pad yourself against AI if you're an artist and don't feel comfortable with it. Form connection with your clients and community. We all want art from people we know and care about. Story matters. Keep telling your story using your tools. 7. There are ways to opt out of having your art used for training AI models in the future. Resources to see if you've trained also exist. Please see the show notes. 8. Always remember that there is a lot of money and work going into telling us how we should feel about the tech that we get presented to us by big tech companies. 9. Therefore, we advise you to have a look at AI and investigate it on your own before formulating an opinion. Editor's note. Some things have changed since we recorded this podcast. Some things may change by the time you listen to this or when you listen to this in the future. Please note, there are now ways to check whether your art has been used to train AI models or not. Additionally, on some forums, there are tags that you can use to make sure that your art is not being used by AI machines. Whether that works or not, or whether AI companies are currently taking it into consideration, has not been established as yet. Until next time, goodbye. (laughs)
0: <laughs> telling you about, you know, the cow juice or whatever. Okay, maybe we'll. Yeah, well, I hope there's
1: some vegans listening. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there are. Only almond milk. Come on,
0: Iris. Oat milk. Oat milk. I am. I is am it team oat milk, I, milk better than almond? I am so team oat milk, yes. I am not team almond milk. Oat milk is amazing. Almond milk in coffee is like. Okay. What was the most controversial thing you discussed in this episode? Well... (laughs) (laughs)